Hello and welcome to the ETC Coaches Corner, an inside look into the Midlands' best private training facility, where we'll be discussing all things nutrition to training and everything in between, which is primarily kind of for our members whilst they are commuting back and forth in the, the traffic of Northamptonshire uh, to come to ETC. But also, it's kind of not for our members as well, because our last episode got 2,500 people listening to it, which is absolutely, yeah, I mean, that was Jack, by the way. I hadn't quite introduced you yet, but it's cool. I'm glad that you've let everyone know that you're that you're here. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about what an ETC session looks like. In today's episode, you will learn what an ETC session looks and feels like. You're going to understand the thought processes behind the program, because actually the program and the session starts before the session. Mm, very exciting. You're going to learn about what we've learned from programming for thousands of people and what we believe makes a great session. And most importantly, you're going to figure out how many cookies Jack consumes in a week. Lots. Anyway, so my guest today, which uh, you may have guessed, but I've already told you, is resident hero and snack connoisseur, Mr. Jack Collins. Good morning, Jack. Hello. Hello there. That was a good introduction, Jack. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to start with the most important question of the podcast because, well, last time I did it by myself and I feel like I was talking to myself a lot anyway. Uh, but Jack, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Tell the tell everyone in the world. Uh, I haven't had my actual breakfast yet. So what I have had is a lint ball, <laughs> uh, two coffees and a piece of Yule log. <laughs> A lint, two, two copies of a Yule log. <laughs> it is only half past nine in the morning. Fitness. That Yule log was pretty good, to be fair. And to be fair, actually, I don't usually share my breakfast, but my, I've had a bagel with butter, some Yule log, and two coffees. Ah. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's not good either. It's not the best breakfast, but it is, as I said, it is, it is still early. Anyway, that's what we've had today and let's 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 get cracking and talking about an etc session now ah oh, also i didn't tell you this i haven't told anyone this yet oh it's very exciting <laughs> we are the th- 137th best podcast in new zealand oh. <laughs> we actually got a notification we've made it we've made it <laughs> we actually got i got the notification saying you're one of the top 137 podcasts in new zealand that was like <laughs> got one listener I don't know who you are from New Zealand, but thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Man, we're going to start about what what makes an ETC coaching session different. Now, also today, tangent number million, it was exactly six years ago today that I decided that I was going to set up on my own. Six years ago today. Oh, I did a, saw it on my time hop. It's been a long six years. It's been a long six years. And I think we've come on so much, like, we're going to joke a little bit about how we used to set a session up. Like, we used to build the gym in the morning, right? So we were renting uh, some space out of uh, ProAction, big up Tom Nicholson. He allowed us to basically create what we have today. Without him, we couldn't have got anywhere. And we used his martial arts center. And we had, like, we look at some of the old videos of, like, how people did squats and that, and it was, like, two boxes stacked on top of each other on a soft floor with a dumbbell holding the barbells in place with a barbell on top so people could squat at the right height and it's like when you like put the weight on the 
on the boxes. It like wobbled loads. I don't know how like nobody, nobody died. I mean, watching the promo video back, I think is a little bit shocking and uh, how we were able to put that out to the public and get members with that being at the forefront of that of that uh, video. We couldn't get away with that in 2023. <laughs> that honestly we we did things that were that wouldn't get past the Facebook algorithm. It... <laughs> no. Like we used to build the gym, we used to get we used to get the gym really early and build it because we had obviously it was a big floor, right? So we had to get all the dumbbells out and set everything up. And all the members came and helped out. And then we used to run the session and it was man, it was bananas. And we used to change the session every 4 weeks. And the, the program used to take like absolutely ages. And then we used to both have to be there. And it was weird. Right? We didn't have a rotor. We didn't have a timetable. We didn't, we didn't even have a booking system. It was like, you're here on Tuesday morning. That's your session. Done. That was it. Now, man. Yeah, you look back at it now and it's like, people are like, oh, I've got a book on. This is such an inconvenience. I'm like, all right. Back in the day. You wouldn't be no one even knew what was going on. It was like, Jack, are you working? No, cool. I am then. <laughs> that was the rower. Yeah, come on a lot. Anyway, 2023, Jack. What do you think makes an ETC coaching session different? Like, what are the main? How would you, if you were to put it into that bullet points? How would it? What would they be? What, what words would they be? Well, as you said, it, it starts with the program and understanding the demographic that we work with understanding our members, what are their needs, their wants and experiences, what are they bringing with them when they come into ETC. And then the main kind of points of the program is that it's structured, it's progressive, it's thoughtfully varied, and it is personalized to the people that attend each session within that program. So they're the kind of the main points of kind of how a session comes to be. And then there's obviously lots of little things that are perhaps more obvious when it comes to how we deliver a session and what people will notice and feel. And then there are perhaps some slightly more, trying to think of a word, nuanced, nuanced things that you might not realize are happening or that we are thinking about and considering during, before and after a session. I realized this when we were talking to one of the uh, the mum's kids about like how we do things. They're like, oh, what are your main marketing strategies? I was like, I don't really know. Oh, what do you, what do, you do to show good customer, good customer service? And I was like, I don't really know. But then when you start thinking about it, you're like, oh, yeah, we do this. And here's, that's for a reason. Like saying someone's name when they come through the door and greeting them by their name. And it was like, well, actually explain to this guy that somebody's name is the most important asset that they have and a lot of people have lots of different roles outside of etc like mums dads daughters parents also like colleagues and works and we don't have maybe no one's called them by their name all day and one particular example that kind of sticks out to me is was a lady who came in and it was like 7 p.m and it was her birthday so we were like wait birthday wait so obviously on your birthday you got to do a shop and people were saying, happy birthday, Mint. And she was like, oh, no one's wishing me happy birthday today. I said, like, what? She's like, yeah, this has been at work and, you know, whatever. No one's wishing me happy birthday. And that like, hurt my heart a little bit. And it was like, all th- this, that little thing is so important for that person. I mean, it might not be so important for that person, but actually just recognizing 
that it's someone exists. Like sounds like a, a weird thing to think is a good thing, but a lot of the time people go through life, maybe no one's even nice to them that whole day. No one's wishing them happy birthday. And then to create a place where that is acknowledged, I think it's pretty cool. Because she'll go home being like, oh, that, that happened. That's pretty cool. And that's nice. Nice to do that. That's pretty cool. Anyway. Right, so we said at the start, like, the session actually begins before the session. There's quite a bit of thought that goes into a session. So, Jack, so what are, like, the, the pre-session preparations? So, obviously, as we said, we've obviously put a lot of thought and time into creating the program, a program that is specific to the needs, wants, and experiences of, of our members. But then once we've obviously established that, we then have to go ahead and coach and lead the people through that session. And that starts before the session starts. So what we are looking at when we come in, we've obviously got our register with our booking system. Oh, booking mm-hmm. system. We're going to be looking at how many people are in the session. Is it a full coaching session of which we would have up to 12 people? Who's in? Who is making up those 12, potentially 12 people? How capable are they? Do they have any injuries or movement restrictions? Is the session appropriate for the average ability of that group? Because obviously if we're writing a session for a group, well, that's, that, that group could be made up of any number and variety of abilities and experiences. So as we're writing a session for a group, sometimes we might need to change that session if a certain variety of people present themselves. We're also then going to be considering, because we are working in a group and we will be getting people working in pairs or threes to share equipment, such as benches and bars and things like that, we're going to be looking at who might we pair people up with within that session? Who might we team them up with to work together? And thinking about what do the people want and need out of that session and who is going to help them get that out of the session the most or the best? But there might be some purely logistical considerations, like if we're using uh, a barbell for squatting, well, then we're going to pair people up that are of a similar height so they can share the rack comfortably. And we haven't got someone who's five foot and someone who's six foot five working together because that's just not going to work. Someone's going to struggle in that situation. (laughs) I agree. You've also got to consider like the soft skills of that person. Like we've got like people that we call like, Golden, golden members that it's like, oh, you can put this person with anyone. And even though he or she is like super strong, fit, amazing or not, they will always be like super warming and kind and considerate and non-intimidating to newer members. So it's like you get someone like, I don't know, like Sharon Sawyer or, or Bex. And there's so many more people, by the way, who are just amazing. You can be like, right, you can just put them, go, right. Sharon's there, she'll be like super helpful, super nice. And even though they're like really quite advanced, they've been with this for, for years, they'll be really helpful and almost kind of coach. Oh, that's it. I saw someone coaching the other day. It was mint. Like another member coaching another member, but doing it like well and repeating the same things that we would say. It's really cool to see. And just generally being nice because you've, you've got people who will, some people who are like really they want to come in and they want to do their workout because it's their time, and that's that's okay. So we're conscious, like, oh, well, maybe that person, she 
or he, he or she maybe like have really short amounts of time they're going to be in they want to get a great session because that is really high up on their agenda for them and we can kind of move the session around based on what we believe that person wants but equally as we're going to talk about in a moment when it comes to like the warm-up that's kind of like obviously the warm-up is, is important to prepare you for the subsequent movements but actually it's also there to see where where's everyone at how is that person feeling today and you you talked about this off air like some of the prerequisites and how we will literally modify the session on the spot based on how we believe people are feeling and just before that you kind of chat again jack i noticed this like yesterday well well, hey this morning the high rock session had a really advanced group i changed the warm-up completely Uh, not completely but i modified it to fit the agenda and the ability of that group to help them get warm but then equally like was it yesterday or something? Like Ruth completely changed the warm-up because she saw who was in the group and was like, how do I get this collection of people the best outcome possible for where the majority are at based on who we have in front of us? Change, 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 change. They didn't know any different, which is cool because they're not supposed to. They don't, well, we're the professionals. So it's like, we're going to change it all around based so we can get everyone there, the outcome that they need for the warm-up to help them with the the program that's then going to happen, which also completely changed because of who it is, which is cool. So what kind of things are we looking at? So someone comes in, the warm-up's happening, the coaches explain kind of what's going on. We're then going to kind of be mingling around the room. What kind of things are we going to be asking? What are we looking, what are we looking for? What signs are we looking for? Can you just talk us through a little bit about that, JC? Yeah, so you kind of alluded to it there. Like before the warm-up even starts, you've got kind of this pre-session chit-chat, if you like, where... It might just seem we're just having a bit of chat and a bit of banter before the session, but we are actually paying attention to what people are saying. We're we watching are. you. <laughs> we're watching what we're watching what you say. Yeah. How are you interact? We're actually paying attention to what you're saying and trying to gather some information before we go into the session. So in that kind of pre-session chit-chat, which does kind of extend into the warm-up, we're looking at how are you feeling today? How are people presenting? What are their, what is their body language like? Like, are they looking a little bit flat? Are they like dragging their heels as they're coming into the gym? Are they normally quite like bubbly and energetic? And they, you just notice they're a little bit less lively than their usual self. What did they go up to at the weekend? Were they out on the piss? Did they have a few bevies? How are they feeling after yesterday's session? If it's like a, a, a random day in the week, it's a Thursday. Well, they were in yesterday. Oh, how are you feeling? Are your legs sore? Like, how are you feeling? What did you do yesterday? Because if obviously we're, you might get in a scenario where they did some leg work on Wednesday and then on Thursday they're coming and they've got squats or they've got lunges. But if they push themselves on the Wednesday, well, then they might not want to push it as hard for those same muscles on the Thursday. So that's a scenario where if they were to say, oh, I'm actually feeling quite sore, cool, we might give them an upper body exercise instead or we might get them to do slightly less reps or something like that just to help them perhaps recover from the previous session rather than just trying to bury them into the floor a little bit more and then that obviously as I said extends through into the warm-up where we're obviously going through the warm-up exercises to you know elevate the heart rate get some blood flow prepare the muscles for the movements that they're going to be doing within that session. But then within that, we are then continuing to assess the people and be aware of how they're presenting. What's their energy like? Again, 
What's their body language like? How are they moving? Are they moving with a little bit less, a little bit less focus? Or they're just, again, just kind of like just going through the motions a little bit. They haven't quite got the intent that they might normally have with those movements. Or are they, are they grimacing when they squat? Are they gr- Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then that, that was obviously kind of like that pre-session but warm-up scenario. And then within the warm-up, as I said, we're just trying to elevate the heart rate, get some blood flow, warm up the specific movements and muscles required for the things that are going to be happening within the session. Then that takes us into the main bulk of the session, which is going to look a little bit something like we'll start off with a block A, which will be a movement prep or accessory block, we would call it, where we are not doing anything super heavy or super technical. It's going to be, you know, slightly easier movements. We're going to be working in slightly higher rep ranges, typically where we're just aiming to build muscle, muscular endurance, and general fitness. And what you will see that throughout these different blocks, there are themes and similarities, and there are some slight differences. So it's not going to be a, this is exclusively this, and this is this block is exclusively that. It's more just slightly different to achieve a slightly different outcome. But there are, again, similarities. So once we've gone through that movement prep and accessory block, where we might do, let's say, some dumbbell bench press, some ring rows, and some kind of core exercise, let's say a side plank. Once we've done that, we're then going to go into what we would typically call our, our strength block or our strength section. And all we mean by strength section in this context is it's going to be slightly lower reps. Perhaps we're working in the three to eight rep range. Typically, we're going to be doing those higher skill, heavier weight barbell based movements, such as your back squats, your deadlifts, your bench presses, your things like that. We'll pair that with an accessory exercise, something a little bit less intense so they can still get some work done and get get something done but it's not going to take away from their ability to perform in that heavier higher skill movement and of course you know we talk about like deadlifts and, and barbell back squats and that they are just movements so all the program is is, is made by a principle like a, a back squat might not be for a lot of people such as myself but what's important to know is that you don't need to barbell back squat to be strong, to get the outcome that almost all of our members actually want to achieve. And during people's first session that we're going to talk about in a moment, like you won't do a barbell back squat because it's for the coaches to assess kind of where you're currently at. And we are strong. We have strong values in the sense that we won't move you on or advance you on to a, a, a harder movement skill if you're unable to. And equally, we just don't need to. We've got people with, I mean, no one, no one really comes to us and is like, I have no injuries. Everything is great. I have, I'm complete, I'm a fully functioning human being. It's always like, oh, I've herniated a disc. Oh, I've got a fake knee. Oh, I've got this. So it's like, okay, well, what movements can we do for that person to help them get the outcome that they want? And that outcome might not necessarily be relative to the exercise it could be a feeling that they want and just the interaction like the more conversations that I've had with people the more I've understood actually a lot of people come here 
not even for for the exercise. I know some people do go, oh, I'm only here for back squats today, but it's just coming and moving and doing something that is good for their health. And I think Dan Osman talked about this really, really well. Like it's not exercise and training isn't is so much more than just getting stronger or losing fat or building muscle. It's the feeling that you get from having just generally better health and strengthening your bones and improving your insulin sensitivity and all these things that no one talks about. No one goes, I'm going to go to the gym to improve my insulin sensitivity. Although some of you probably should. Yeah. And something that I really like what you said there is about how not everyone needs to do a certain movement, like a barbell back squat, for example. And that's something I think that we do really well at ETC within our sessions is we really take into account the person that's in front of us and what is going to be best for them to get to the outcome that they want to get to. A fat loss outcome, for example, then you don't need to do a barbell back squat. You might not even need to do a really heavy squat at all, but doing some form of squat is going to help you develop the muscles of your lower body. And for some people, a kettlebell squat might be the best squat for them to get to where they want to be. I think that's actually a really good point. Like, depending on what that person's outcome is. So we talk about fat loss, right? So you know that when we're trying to elicit fat loss, we need to widen the gap as much as possible between how many calories you're consuming and how much energy you're expending. And doing heavy back squats, A, you're not going to be able to lift as heavy because you haven't got sufficient energy. You aren't able to kind of tolerate as much volume or and it's also going to impair your recovery because you haven't got enough energy availability and when we're trying to continuously widen that gap actually the best thing for that person may even be like a lower intensity kettlebell goblet squat to help them just move burn some calories although we don't you know we know burning calories through exercise isn't necessarily the best way to burn calories most of those the best way to burn calories is do like your non-exercise activity thermogenesis and just generally being as active as possible so we might tailor the program depending on if we know someone's you know oh, i'm on 1200 calories i'm doing a six-week hard diet phase the one one of our accelerator programs for example we need to have their best interest at heart and say cool actually Although everyone's going super heavy on the back squats, or we know that we're doing 90 second sprint intervals on the rowing machine, actually, you're just going to go at like 70% and just tick it over. Because the implications of high intensity activity can make you more hungry, can spike your ghrelin, ghrelin levels, and just generally make you more hungry and crave more food. When actually the outcome is to have fat loss. So we want to reduce the cravings for food as much as possible which means we may need to change or modify the exercise not only by its principle by there by how easy the exercise is but also the load and the intensity of of that exercise exactly and then once we've finished our strength block within that section whatever that looks like for the people that are in that session we'll then move into what we would call our general fitness or gpp section Yay, fitness. <laughs> and within that section, what we are generally looking at is just general full body conditioning, work capacity, and cardiovascular fitness. So what we're going to be kind of seeing a little bit more of within those sections is your typical cardiovascular work, your biking, your rowing, your skiing, 
your varying intervals. We're also going to be doing some kind of core carrying exercises, just general full body movements where we're just trying to get the heart rate up and work on that heart and lung fitness, if you like. And then we're also looking at kind of finishing on a little bit of a high. So that kind of slightly higher intensity or higher feeling of working hard, which you might not necessarily get from doing those lower rep strength-based things. Yes, they are hard, but they don't necessarily feel like you've done a hard session. And we want to kind of finish on that little bit of a high to make people leave feeling that they've had a bit of a good work. It's almost like a little bit, and I don't want to be quoted on this, but not not a placebo, but it's the, something that we've learned is, and it, it is a true, a true statement, like you need to give people what they need, but also give them what they want. And I think we've probably learned this the hard way. Like we went like from like super kind of random fun to proper inline strength conditioning principles to, hey, we're not going to have any fun in the session. You're going to do RDLs for 10 weeks at this intensity with this linear progression model because this will get you the best possible results. Whilst that is true, it's actually no fun. It's really boring. Nobody wants to RDL for 10, 12 weeks straight because they want to do as you said, uh, what was the quote that you used? Thoughtfully varied. Thoughtfully varied. Different to constantly varied. Because you don't want constant, constant in, in our opinion, and you know, we're not against CrossFit. I think CrossFit's fantastic. But it's the, the constantly varied element which doesn't allow people to have a structured progression. Like how do you know you're making progress if you're not going to thrust it again for the next 12 weeks, whatever it might be. And because there's so many different varying intensities, of one time you won't be doing a hundred thrusters for time into a one RM thruster. It's difficult. Of course, you can make a measure progress over over time. Of course, I'm not saying that you can't, but we need to be considerate for our demographic and what we believe is the best thing to help people get to where they want to be. So there's variety within. We we've created that that upward high towards the end of the session. Not so it's like obvious, like a massive like a massive jump between. But it allows people to go, oh, okay, I, I'm leaving on a high. I feel great. I feel like I've worked hard. Because even if you just do like a couple of minutes high intensity on a rowing machine after a squat session, you're going to leave being like, woo, that was great. Because people only remember the last kind of five minutes, don't they? Like, they, you can have a really boring session and then give them a five minutes tough at the end. And they'll be like, that was the best session ever. Or and what we notice as well. And this is what's really interesting from our perspective. Like people would do a really hard like weightlifting session, like loads of volume, really kind of muscle dominating. I mean, that was really hard. And then like the next week, they might do like a fit class and just do like intervals on the skier. Come like, oh my God, this is as hard as the session last week. And it's like, you're wrong on so many levels. Like all you're, you're literally like, this feels hard, therefore it's the same, but it's not, it's completely different. Like working on, making your lungs work hard compared to the, the amount of kind of resistance training and volume-based sessions that we might do. And most people don't actually know the difference. It is like, oh, it's hard, therefore, best session ever. So we need to make sure that we structure it, that we aren't overtraining people and we give them what they need, but also kind of what they, what they want. So yeah, I like how you've said that, finishing on a high. On a high. And then, of course, moving from that last section of the session where we move into our post-session, if you like. 
And we, of course, finish each session with the most important part, which is the high five. Woo! So when we finish each session, we will personally give each member a high five. And we will encourage each member to give their pod partners and teammates and fellow tribe members a high five, just as a little bit of a recognition for their hard work during that session and just taking a moment to celebrate their success. And success, of course, looks different for everyone. It's not about hitting a PB in every session. It's not about, you know, doing more reps, more weight, harder movements, whatever. Sometimes it is just about being there. And as we always say, like your best on the day is good enough and your best will be different each day. And then we'll also be kind of coming back to what we talked about in the in the pre-session where we'll be trying to encourage people to think about future positive actions. And we might ask them, when are you next in? And it might sound like a really straightforward, obvious question, but a lot of people are, are really busy and they've got a lot going on. So they'll perhaps finish a session and they've got to rush off to, to get the kids to school and then they've got to rush off to work and then they've got an after-kids kids club and they've got all these things going on. So they might not actually have time to sit down and think about their next session until the next day. And then by then, other things are going to have happened and got in the way perhaps. But just getting them to just take a second to think about when are you next in? Oh, well, actually... um. I'll be in on Thursday. And then they've made that commitment in that moment that they're going to be there on Thursday and then they're going to be even more likely to go ahead and book and ultimately attend that session. And that's the secret, right? If you can get someone to turn up and so get someone to enjoy something that they do. So make it interactive, fun, engaging, results-driven, et cetera, et cetera. Get someone to enjoy it. Get someone to turn up. And once they do those things over time, they will look better, feel better, improve the relationship with themselves. And just by turning up, that's the hardest part, right? Like just coming through the doors and actually turning up. And by getting them to almost kind of say when they're going to turn up, it's like a social contract that they've already made. All right, great. I look forward to seeing you on Thursday. You're like, oh man, I'm going to have to try and make, make that work. And it's great because we want you to try and make it work because our perspective is we want you training. Like this is what you have hired us to do as a coaching team to get you in and get you training, that is our end of the bargain. And yes, sometimes it might be hard. It might be almost impossible sometimes. But we, as a team, are always going to be like, you can get in, you can do this, you can find an hour, you can do it. Because it's for you, it's your time. And we know that your time is the most important. And we truly believe that you need to be looking after yourself before you can look after look after anyone else. Uh, on the high five thing, by the way, I was reading a book by a guy called Martin Mooney, and I actually think it's called High High Five. And he talks a lot about how a high five is so much more than a high five. And people who don't want a high five is because they are narcissistic and have an ego so big they can't feel joy for others. That's actually that's actually why it's actually what he says. Uh, because it's it's all about that recognition and that engagement. And although people sometimes feel a little bit embarrassed to high five, they smile, they always laugh, they give you eye contact. And it's that little recognition that actually means so much. And you think, oh, it's a bit corny, it's American and whatever. But there's so much research into that level of recognition to help people feel more positive. And everybody feels more positive after a high five. And if you can do it, why wouldn't you do it? High five. <laughs> cool. So 
let's briefly before we kind of we finish off we talk there's loads of communication with the team because obviously like what we offer is it's personalized group training it's like what we believe to be the best part of personal training and just on that because you, like, you, people kind of have three options right it's like go and join a commercial gym where you are essentially paying for leased equipment rented equipment and rented space you go in don't know necessarily what you're going to do when you use the machines or you don't use the machines and then you leave on the other hand you've got like one-to-one personal training so one-to-one personal training would work for a lot of people i personally having done lots of one-to-one pt find it a little bit boring sorry about that but it it's going to be great for a lot of people because most people don't actually understand what or how they need to do to help them to get to where they want to be and that's where we come in the one-to-one personal training might not be viable for everyone like if you want to get two three four pt sessions a week you're looking at 500 to 800 pounds a month and that's kind of where where we come in right we have all the pillars we believe the best part of personal training like the individualized group programming but you've got the team behind you you've got a tribe of people you've got people like-minded people who are like getting behind you having high fives having human interaction and everything is kind of mapped out and done for you and we have this almost like a safety blanket of literally the best coaching team in the whole area We've got literally everything, everything you could possibly need and want in one roof at a price point that is more expensive than a commercial gym, but is also significantly less than personal training. I think we've covered it really, really well. We've also got so much more flexibility with like, oh, like again, if you're a personal trainer and someone, you, you got somebody booked in for five o'clock and they go, oh, something's come up. I can't come at five o'clock. It's like, cool. You can't change it. I'll see you next week. And I'm charging you for your session. Because that was my hour that you... Literally, I had that hour booked out for you. You told me an hour beforehand and I can't fill it. That's your system lost. Whereas what we've tried to do now, now we have a booking system. Like You can just like, let us know. Our work has gone all over the place. I can't make five. Can I be six? We'll be like, yeah, no problem. Gotcha. I just think I just think it's so much better. Sorry <laughs> to all the person trainers to say that. I'm sure some of you can do a great job, but I just think we have got... So with the post-session and pre-session there's a lot of communication with the team so just jack just run us through some of some of what these communications look like and why they're important yeah exactly and what we're kind of thinking about when we're sitting down as a team and kind of reflecting on the sessions that we have personally coached throughout the week we're looking at who's been in for their first session and you know what are the things that they did well? Was there anything that they struggled with? Did they need anything specifically adapting or changing about the session? Like, were there any movements that they couldn't do or any positions that they found challenging? Did they have any injuries that we perhaps weren't aware of? Do they have anything outside of the gym going on? Now, this doesn't necessarily apply to new people, it might do, but to anyone coming into the sessions. Like, did they mention that they're having a really tough time at work or they've got something going on with a family member? Things that are stressors that are going to impact their ability to perform within the gym. And if we are aware of the fact that they have something going on that is going to be taking away their their mental capacity and is going to be adding to their stress bucket, then we aren't going to be wanting to push them really hard in the gym because that's only going to increase the likelihood of them getting injured or being coming even more stressed than they already are. And so we sit down each week as a coaching team and we talk about everyone that we've been in contact with that week, 
and anything that we feel that the team needs to be aware of to help them get the most out of their future sessions. Anyway, we really are pushing the limits of what is possible with this time. Um, we're going to finish on... Oh, I kind of almost burped when I was saying that. We're going to finish on our session review and we're going to really kind of quickly, briefly talk about kind of how we look at session flow, sticking points, logistical issues, or what do we kind of do if something is kind of too challenging and too easy. Um, so yeah, Jack, what would you do if, if something is too challenging or something is too easy? How would you make that person, bearing in mind and taking into consideration all of what we've spoken about in terms of stresses, um, what's going on at home, all these different things, like what can we then do to make somebody ultimately have the best hour of their day and what that looks like for that person how do we address those issues it's obviously going to depend on that individual and obviously we spend a lot of time getting to know our members getting to know their goals wants needs experiences everything that we kind of touched on throughout this podcast and depending on who that person is and what we have got to know about them throughout our time with us then that will dictate how we might perhaps go about changing that session to help them get the most out of that session given how they are on that day so for example if we have someone who we know is quite highly stressed on average you could say maybe they have a very stressful job or they've got you know they've got kids and whatever and in that circumstance, then we might go, right, okay, today we're going to change it up. We're not going to do anything super heavy. We're going to get you doing some simpler movements and we're going to get you to just work in more of a circuity fashion and get the heart rate up a little bit and just kind of get a little bit of sweat on. So you're still working hard and you're getting some good movement in and getting a little bit of a fitness response, but you're perhaps not trying to really bury yourself with the really heavy weights when you're in a position where you're not going to be able to perform at your best. You're not going to be able to hit the weights that you were hitting last week when we're doing your heavy squats. So giving you something that's a little bit different, that you can still try hard, but you've removed that pressure to hit a certain weight, but they can still come in and feel like they've had a good session and then ultimately leave feeling better than they came in Conversely, you might have someone who is the opposite of that and they've had a bit of a bad day and they've, they're feeling good, they're well fed, they're well rested, but they've perhaps had, you know, something happen that day and it's just annoyed them a little bit. Maybe that person wants to come in and they want to sling some weights around. They want to, you know, do some drop sets and go for something a little bit heavy with a bit of a spot because they've got this like energy about them that day. So that's kind of the opposite way around where they might not want to just come in and just move around. They might want to, you know, go for something and, you know, get something else out of that session. Well, all these things we'll kind of find out with the little nuances of, of the questions that we ask, figure out how they are, look at how their body language is, look at the eye contact. And obviously, because we know everyone so well, we're able to gauge quite quickly. Like the session that I just had before, uh, one of the members that I knew that they really wanted to push, had loads of energy and they were just going to, absolutely smash it so it's made it really tough for them and they but they absolutely loved it and they were like oh wow that was really really good session it was like yeah i knew that you needed to be pushed so i wanted to make things as challenging 
as as possible but right we're going to wrap up there it's been a little bit longer than what we uh anticipated so i really hope that you've got some some value and some knowledge from this session if you have enjoyed it or you like it or you like what we do then please you know star it and subscribe to it and tell your friends and all of the stuff because genuinely it's what's considerably helped like our reach our reach has gone crazy but by crazy i mean like a couple of thousand and you know 137th best podcast in New Zealand. All, the, all these things are because of you guys sharing it. So truly, thank you so much for sharing it. We really appreciate it. This is kind of literally for for you and for anyone who kind of wants to hear about some of the stuff that we are doing. So yeah, thanks. You're the best. I hope you have a, a lush Wednesday, whatever day it is that this goes live, which will be Wednesday. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys all next week. Say bye, Jack. Bye. I thought you were going to say bye, Jack. Jack. That was a missed opportunity. (laughs) Peace.